Then it happened. As he stuffed his clothing into his suitcase, I had a flash of being intimate with him. Only it wasn't him or me visually. It was another couple, but it was us, but it wasn't us. I was confused and disoriented. What was going on? You've entered into the world of alternate realities. Here, paradigms are shifted, minds are blown, and veils are lifted. Actual supernatural experiences are brought to life through storytelling by the people who experience them. Welcome to Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant, where the esoteric is explored and consciousness is expanded. Visit adventuresinmysticism.com to further your spiritual development through Leia's latest offerings. And now we continue with this episode's mystical adventure. Being raised Catholic and attending Catholic school, I had never even considered that anything happened to our consciousness besides heaven, hell, or the odd in-between place purgatory after we died. Although I know I must have read about reincarnation or encountered the concept sometime in my late teens or early 20s, it didn't really hit home until I dated an atheist. I'm going to refer to the guy as the atheist to maintain his anonymity so I can share all the juicy details. He and I met through a chance encounter in a casino bar. It was mid-afternoon, and I was waiting there to meet with someone who worked for the hotel for an article I was writing for a national magazine. He was at the bar, losing money to the slot machine embedded in the top of the bar, until the next segment of his conference. I remember it vividly. He was casually resting on the bar stool wearing a very nice gray suit with a crisp white dress shirt and cufflinks. He was alternating swigs from a lowball glass with pressing buttons to play blackjack. I felt him before I looked at him. I can't be sure, but I think he did too. He made a smart ass comment and I didn't miss a beat in returning one. He swiveled on the bar stool to take me in and introduce himself. There was that instant something. Chemistry, yes, but something more, something deeper, that I know you feeling. Yet I clearly did not know him. I shrugged it off. He made a mental note to research it. Since he was leaving the next afternoon to go back to his house in another state, and he already had business plans for the rest of the day, he invited me to lunch before leaving for the airport the following day. Lunch was so easy and delightful. It was like reconnecting with a friend who you'd known as a child, but then you'd both gone off on different directions and adventures and met up somewhere later to swap stories. We got so engaged in our conversation that he lost track of time. 
And when the restaurant started turning the tables into their dinner setups, he realized he had little time to get his items from his room and catch a ride to the airport. Taxi lines can be long in Vegas. So since I was partly the cause of his running late, I offered to drop him off. We went up to his room to get his luggage. As soon as we walked into his room, I could feel the energy shift. My heart started pounding. So instead of following him all the way into the room, I stood just inside the door. Then it happened. As he stuffed his clothing into his suitcase, I had a flash of being intimate with him. Only it wasn't him or me visually. It was another couple, but it was us, but it wasn't us. I was confused and disoriented. What was going on? The sound of the zipper closing in his suitcase around the corner snapped me back into the moment. I wasn't there for long though, because as he went to move past me to get his toiletries bag, he stopped in front of me. Then he pressed his body against mine and both of us into the wall and kissed me passionately. I had chills everywhere and flashes of kissing him many times before as many different people. It made me dizzy. He pulled away and said, I don't wanna leave you. My heart fell into my stomach. I knew he'd said that to me before and he hadn't returned. Did he know too? My head was swirling to try to keep track of what was going on. Somehow we got out of the room and to my car and because of how late we were, there wasn't even time at the airport for me to get out and give him a hug. On the drive back to my house, I decided that everything I felt and experienced must have been showing me that he was my soulmate. Even though I had already been married, I hadn't felt that with my former spouse. We had been best friends and had so much fun together and I loved him, but I had never had other memories pop up when we were intimate. In the days that followed, the atheist and I, despite having very different beliefs about spirituality, had long hours of conversations on other topics, often losing track of time and talking through the night until the sun came up. I believe it was about a week after we met, I got a book from him. It was Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. I had never heard of Brian Weiss, but learned from reading the book that he is a psychotherapist who utilized hypnotherapy to help patients heal. Brian didn't believe in past lives until he realized that some of his regression hypnotherapy sessions had patients going into past lives rather than just their childhoods to source the cause of their current issues. However, Brian was still skeptical about this phenomena until he had two patients who didn't know one another describe the same past life. Then those two patients accidentally met in his waiting room and had the same kind of feelings toward one another that I experienced that first time I met the atheist. After that, Brian forged more into regression hypnotherapy as a tool to access past lives 
and he wrote many more books on the subject, which I also read. And the atheist and I had several conversations around whether we'd lived past lives together. Neither of us could clearly recall any, and I didn't get flashes or visions of any of the future times I connected with him. After about a year of knowing one another, I had become friends with a hypnotherapist, Michaela Boehm, and I asked her if she did regression hypnotherapy with her patients. It wasn't her main area of focus, but she said she could, and the atheist and I found ourselves lying on cushions, covered in blankets, side by side, but about three feet apart, on her office floor in Hollywood, while she put us under and led us to visit some of our past lives. Michaela prepped us and expertly hypnotized us, and then after she had each of us write down what we remembered in as many details as we could. For me, the vision started blurry and then became clearer. I was floating above it, watching it like a movie or like the person does when the ghost of Christmas past takes them to witness an old memory. This image began with the blurriness melting into a light fog over a beautiful green hill nestled in other rolling green hills. If I were to guess, I'd say it was Ireland or Scotland, likely the Highlands. This was years before Outlander was released, so I had none of that imagery to draw from. A wood house that looked like it had a thatch roof was on the hill. Goats milled about near one side of the house. A thin strip of smoke rose in the air from the chimney. I was outside dressed in what looked like several long but dirty looking dresses, very simple in design, layered on top of one another. I had long curly reddish locks messily tied up on my head with several pieces haphazardly framing my face. The atheist was there with me. He also had reddish hair that came to about his shoulders and was wavy. He was bearded and wore several layers as well. I felt like I could smell his musky sweat and the smell was comforting. That olfactory trigger took me into the body of the woman I was seeing. I was no longer the overarching watcher, but melded with the previous life me and relive the heart-wrenching moment. I said goodbye to my lover and husband. I knew he wasn't going to make it back from wherever he was going. And yet I knew he must go. It was cold because you could see the breaths of myself and him and the horse that stood patiently behind him. What I did recognize was his eyes. They were the eyes that current him had. I wondered if mine were the same as well. I could feel his immense love for me as he embraced me holding me so tight it squeezed the breath out of me. It felt 
as though he knew he wouldn't return too. No words were exchanged. The emotion and connection between us was so powerful, so palpable, no words were needed. He got on the horse that was laden with supplies and headed down the mountain and the vision blurred again, then disappeared and I was guided back into the room. Michaela had the atheist read his first. I sat shocked that we described the exact same image right down to certain details, like the goats and the lack of words. It gave me chills. And in that moment, a paradigm shifted and I knew without a doubt that we live many lives. Thank you for listening. Next episode, I'll share some supernatural dating adventures with extraterrestrials. Until then, remember that your spiritual journey is a supernatural adventure in and of itself. Enjoy the unfolding and embrace the unknown. Thank you for joining today's Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant. To go on more journeys with Leah, subscribe now. To step more fully into your spiritual role of bringing about a positive high-frequency future for humanity, visit adventuresinmysticism.com.